0: Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> what is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Sound Podcast once again. As always, I'm Joshua, and I'm joined by the one and only Angel Ortega. Uh a lot of stuff to talk about this week. In fact, I take that back. Actually not much to talk about at all, so we made our own topics. Uh we do have some UC Vegas to go over. Uh Terrence Crawford defeating Sean Porter. A little bit of thoughts on the whole triller triad combat chit show going on on Saturday. Uh as well, we are also going to bring back the fan favorite topic, the fantasy draft. This week covering the Bantamweight division. Uh, seven rounds, as always, me and Angel taking a crack at who we think are the greatest Bantamweights of all time, one week before Rob Font and Jose Aldo uh, square off in the UC Apex. But before we get into all that, i talk to you guys real quickly about Rogue Energy, because Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. Built was a premium stack of the former delicious energy and focus drink. It is designed to replace unhealthy healthy can of drinks, coffee, even, intra- even traditional pre-workouts. They designed your to emerge professional credit game market and continues to have fantastic carryover and success students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you want 10% off of your order, you use the code SOUND OFF at checkout. Let's code OFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Amazing sponsor of the show, as always, huge fan of their products. But Angel, my guy, last Saturday night from the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, you know, we talk a lot about these cards that, um, you know, maybe they're not high on name value. Maybe they're, you know, and a lot of the time, honestly, those cards really deliver in spades that we're not really expecting. This was the complete fucking opposite of whatever we normally talk about. This card is, I mean, it set the record. It set the record. It will at least have tied it for the most decisions ever on UFC cards. There was only one finish across 11 fights. One of those decisions, though, being in the main event, Ketlin Vieira defeating Misha Tate via unanimous decision 48, 47, 48, 47, 49, 46 being the judges' court cards on the evening. Uh, look, man, I didn't, I gotta be honest with you, I didn't really care a whole lot about this fight going in. I just think this is a really bad matchup for Misha. I think this is the division's kind of light on contenders. I thought this was a really bad matchup, kind of showed. Uh, as far as the fight goes, what do you think about it? And uh, also, what was your scorecard? I know a lot of people... i am not seeing too many people saying that Misha won, but I know a lot of people had it very, very close. You know something,
1: Josh? I'll fucking surprise you. And look, this is because of the virtue of, you know, at the time, I had such a hard uh-huh. time scoring it. But at one point, I kid you not, I thought Misha was winning the fight. I actually you left... Know? I actually left coming out of it that I thought Misha won the fight. Really? Which actually wasn't that crazy of an opinion because then I went on MMA decisions. And there was like a... I think at one point, thirty thirty percent people thought maybe forty, which mm-hmm. made, didn't make me feel as bad, but I think that that's also because Canaveria made this fight harder on herself to score. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she made it more inherently difficult for her to win, thus making it seem like did she win? She won, but it felt weird. At least to me, it was like that. To some people, mm-hmm. it was very clear. I remember that I was on Twitter and I saw someone that we follow who's in media, who was like. I think, uh, so he's like, I think, uh, okay, so it's 2-0 Vieira right now, or I forgot I forgot how they had it, or if, it's, mm-hmm. or if it's 1-1, and I was like, the fuck? And granted, I'm also very tired. I woke up from a nap, and I'm watching the fight. So there's a lot of factors that play into it. But it was also, I thought it was generally a hard fight, because it did end up being 40-47 on two scorecards, didn't it?
0: Correct. Uh, the way it went down was it all came down to that last round. It was, uh, first two were for Vieira, la- uh, The middle two were for Tate, so it came down in the last round. So yeah, that's that's essentially what it came down to. So yeah, you're correct.
1: I dig it, but yeah, no, I fucking dude, it's crazy, Josh. I'll tell you this: I thought Misha won one of those early rounds too, like one or two. I don't remember which one I gave her at the time. You got to think about it too. Haven't gone back and rewatched it. I need to look back, pay more attention. Mm-hmm. Maybe a rescore. If I, would love to go back and rescore that one actually, like very carefully.
0: You know, it's you know what's funny, my man. Um, actually, I went and decided to check MMA decisions right now. So as far as the media goes, you know, pretty straightforward. Uh, I believe three of the twenty-something outlets scored it for Tate. Not a huge number, but Definitely that's what fans. happened. So apparently, the most popular fan scoring result, though, is actually Tate defeating Vera forty-eight forty-seven.
1: Oh, shit, so it changed from the night, because I, I looked at it very early on. I looked at it Yeah, early. I
0: looked at it right now, currently. Uh, 29%, which is obviously the highest metric, to th- think that uh, Tate won. So, so, yeah, I mean, look, I think it's... Um, not so out there, then. So now I feel no, a little better about myself. No, I think it's... Uh, here's the thing. I think it's not a fight enough. I don't think it was a fight that was good enough for me to really get upset about. But I do think there is a case, absolutely, for Misha to win. Isn't that great? Although. And she looked so beat up. Afterwards. She looked so beat up. I and mean, it's honestly, I mean, dude, Misha's tough. She's tough as hell. I mean, you're never going to put her away easily. Um, That's a her. So yeah, I mean, full, full, full props to her. I thought, dude, I, you know, the Marion Renault fight, I thought was a good step back in. I thought this was the exact opposite of what they should have done with her. Because she they had her- a better build up. I think they needed to give her a battery build up. Like I, th- like I said, Marion Renault was the perfect comeback opponent. She was forty five. Who would have been the perfect opponent after Marion Renault? If I'm and to I- look at, let me pull up the rankings real quick, and I think I could give you a somewhat good answer. And obviously, they've changed a little bit,
1: you know.
0: Ob- yeah, obviously. Um, just off the top of my head, I think because you're the thing, dude, Nisha mm-hmm. left whenever she was. I mean, she was twenty nine whenever she left, which is insane to think about. She wasn't even thirty. She'd already been champion. Soon. She left pretty much in her prime after losing two fights. One of them, you know, Nunez, and the other one was kind of a boring fight against Nicole Pennington. I think, like, after one win, you can argue, put arguably, depending on how you want to, if you want to fast track her to the title, you have her fight Jermaine Duranaby, who is really, has a lot of grappling problems. You know what I mean? I think they could have done Aspen Ladge for the story because those two were beefing. I think they could have done Holly Holm because of the story because they want, fought once previously. Instead, they decided to give her the woman with the highest defensive takedown rate, like, <laughs> highest defensive, um... Takedown in the division. You know what I mean? I thought that was a terrible matchup. Now in the end, it was close on the feet. And um It was like, wasn't that yeah, good. And, yeah, and Misha's not known for her, her striking at all. But it's so, gotten it better. It has gotten better. I do think she looked a lot slower though. She's never felt
1: that but she was never fast to begin with either though, Josh.
0: That's true, that's true. She's was never fast to begin with even just looking back to a couple of years ago. I think Misha might go down as like a big what if. You know what I mean? Because she really retired in her prime. Like I understand, like at the time, yeah, she required she retired after two back to lo- back, like back to back losses, and that looks bad. But if you look at it just through that vacuum, like it looks bad. But she was 29. She was championed by at the beginning of the year. Like I don't know. I think she looked slower. But yeah, as far as my opinion on the fight, I thought Vier won. I mean, I, it wasn't. It's not a fight that I'm gonna get super upset about, but yeah. I wasn't I upset about fight. it in the
1: moment. I definitely yeah. maybe was at the time when I was scoring it because I was like, How are people scoring it like this? Like are we watching the same thing? <laughs> but uh you know, as far as actually, I don't know, cut you off a little bit there, but mm, I just no go mentioned
0: that a little bit. Oh yeah, no, you're good. Um yeah, dude. I think it's a fight that had weird scoring. I think you can reasonably score it anywhere from four fifty forty five Vieira to 48-47 Tate. It's one of those fights. We're like, yeah. One side can, depending on how you're watching it, one side is either clearly is winning a lot of these close rounds, or one just is so, somehow pulling out enough rounds to win. That's how most people tend to think. Is, I mean, Tate looked like hell at the end of the fight, but at the end of the day, yeah, she she got a win. Good for her. Um, yeah. I mean, I, this, I mean, what do you this, think about this, Caitlin Vieira though? If Caitlyn Vieira, I. My opinion on her, my stance on her has always kind of been the same. Whenever she first came to the UFC, and she was 10-0, and, and, you know, she beat Kat Zingano, and I honestly thought she should have got a title shot after that one. I mean, she beat Zingano, McMahon, Evan Smith, and another girl to go 4-0. At and and that time, the division didn't have a whole lot going on, which is why Nunes took the Cyborg fight. But I thought at the time, they should have given the title shot to Kenton Vieira. She was hot on a great run. And I thought the five made sense. Since then, I feel like we've kind of seen her level. Like it, it's disappointed feel, me a little. Did
1: you? I I came out of that fight feeling like she should be better.
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I feel
1: like I feel like she has all this ability. And for some reason, it's not being, like, fully used. You know what I mean?
0: I wonder if it's just her game plan. Because like you said, dude, that fight did not need to be as hard on her as it was.
1: Oh, no, I felt like she should have taken that, like, very handily. Maybe even could have, fin- like, at least gotten close to finishing her. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what I said. I was like, I don't see a way Misha wins this fight. That's what I said last week. But, the, but dude, just, I felt so, like, at one point, I was super high on Kevin Vera. I've obviously, I've, I've tapered down on that a little bit but I thought this win would have been one for her to like get back into the win column and to make a big statement and it's um, her first headliner like was the first time main eventing I believe and she did not put the stamp on it so I actually I feel kind of worse coming out of it um, it almost
1: like she felt like she fought scared I don't know what it
0: was I mean it, well, maybe it, because it, it was Misha it was Misha and combined with the fact that she'd lost two of her last three so if she loses this one she's potentially on ice you know what I mean she though, so... She did win. Yeah, I mean, overall, I don't have a whole lot of opinions on this fight. I mean, just, like I said, it was a bad matchup going in. It was not an entertaining entertaining fight on the night of, and it was one that had weird scoring as well. Uh, it, it was what it was. It was just not a great card, not a great night of fight. So It felt perfect that that was the main event for it. But, you know, moving on down to the co-main event, I thought it was a fun fight. Um, an interesting one as well. Sean Brady defeating Michael Chiesa, 29-28, on all was. judges' scorecards via decision, he remains undefeated, fifteen and zero. But he had he, he had a little bit of scare, a little bit of a scare in that third round, man. Wait, first of all, how did you score the fight? And also, how do you feel about Sean Brady coming out of that fight?
1: As it was, I mean, he's still not much has changed. Obviously, you got a little worried there at the end, right? It Makes you wonder how does it look at a five round fight against a guy who's super durable, going to distance. You know, there's a lot of questions, but he hasn't even been in a five round main event, so we're gonna be getting there he learn how to make the adjustments, you know, manage his cardio better, manage everything together. At the same time, though, he did, like, really out-muscle Michael Kiesa on that, which is crazy to think because, you know, he he really held him there, Josh. I mean, at one point it was just him just using pure raw strength. I mean, he's a strong fucking kid. hmm And also, Michael said like is a fucking giant compared to him. Michael Kiesa could actually maybe, like, not after that, I could maybe see Michael Kiesa making 185 if he really cared, to. I don't think he Mm -hmm. will, but you know what I mean. He's that
0: big, he could fill out his body to do it. Mm. Yeah, he looks huge. The fact that he ever made 155, and he did it for, like, a long portion of his career. He wasn't even, like, Rumble. You know how, like, Rumble made 170, quote-unquote, but he did it, like, once, and he missed it, like, four times? Kiesa made weight damn near his entire lightweight. He made it, like, three times within the span of, what, like, a month on the Ultimate Fighter? Like, insane. Yeah, I I could see him moving up to 185 at some point in time. He looks huge. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I'm, I feel pretty much the same way. I feel like a lot of people, uh, came out of it feeling a lot worse, which I thought was weird. And I think part of it is because like, he may have gassed a little, he didn't use the output that a lot of people wanted him to do, but apparently it came out that he broke his nose in round one, so, and he had blood going through, like, down to his throat. So yeah, obviously he's not gonna, <laughs> he's not gonna be going for the kill and finding the way he normally does, but still, he fought through that adversity, got the win over a top six guy, like, I'm not sure what people wanted out of him. Do you think the criticism is a little bit harsh? I mean, I'm sure you see seen some of it. I mean,
1: he's undefeated, dude. He ended up winning the fight. Obviously, he had a scare at the end, but, I mean, it happens, man. It could happen. And regardless, he came out with a W. He's 15, I know. He's going to keep fighting himself in these harder challenges. But, honestly, he's looking at himself to be in the main event next, though. Honestly, five rounds. Has mm. to happen. against a good competition. Get battle tested and see if he's, you know, worthy of a title shot. I mean, he's not far from it, honestly. And a win like this is amazing. Obviously, a big setback for Michael Chiesa. I mean, he's looking at a in a weird spot. I mean, he's 33 years old, not old by any means, but you know, definitely at this point in your career these are the moments you're maybe defending your title, fighting for your title, you know, you know, uh maybe getting your first title shot at some point. I know it takes a for some people it takes a little longer, right? And uh I mean, he lost to Vincente Luque in devastating fashion. He is going to be kicking himself, I think, over that Sean Brady fight, because I think he thinks he could have won that matchup. But it's crazy, too because before that, he was on a great fucking run. Granted, that was some older guys like Condit, Diego Sanchez, RDA. But the Neil Magny one was probably a very – it was his best win, and it was a damn good one at that, dude. And Neil Magny since then has recovered with a his own win over Jeff Neal. And, you know, obviously Jeff Neal, a lot less experience than him. Obviously, he had to – Make commitments to become a fighter in recent time and quit his main job and commit to the sport. But regardless, he's still a good competitor. So I don't know. Man. What, what do you think happens here with Michael Chiesa, Josh? Do you think he uh, takes a big step in, a big step back in competition? Do you think they mm-hmm. maybe push him against another guy who's above him? Does he fight Wonder Boy? Mm-hmm.
0: What does he do? The thing about Chiesa is, I feel I, I, I very rarely do I, like, feel overly bad for fighters? Because, like, this is the business that they're in. They, and they also, they're finding in the UC and it's pretty noteworthy. The UC, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and outright say it in case you guys are not aware. The UFC does not give a fuck about you. They will use you up and spit you out the first second that they can get. We saw, I mean, they, you know how, like, they treat normal fighters? Imagine how they treat, them, like, you know, see, here's my, here's, I messed up what I was trying to say there. You know how, like, they treated Anderson Silva? A literal multi, like, one of the greatest of all time. They kicked him out the door, on his ass, shitted on him outside, like on the way out. Same thing for GSP, same thing you do for all these legends. No matter how they treat fighters that are not like that behind the scenes, they're probably going to treat Malcolm Chiesa the same way. I'm expecting him to go ahead and fight probably another brutal prospect after this. You know what I mean? Uh, he won't fight. Hos- Jumai, Hos- I mean, what's <laughs> No, know, what's, no mean, I mean, they, they mean. won't fight um, Hasma. But what's the what's, uh, the cat's name? Uh, Shavkat Romano? Is that his mm-hmm. name? Yeah. Probably him. Like, that's just how they treat these guys. And that's why I feel really bad for Kiesa because, dude, he was so close. By oh, the way, that guy's and, so good, too. Yeah, and he's so good. But, like, he, he was so close. He took on the boogeyman, Vicente Luque, the, the guy that nobody wants to fight. You know, everybody, everybody ducks Luque. It's just kind of a known thing at this point. There's a reason why he had to fight so many lower-ranked guys for so long because nobody wanted to fight him. And then finally, Kiesa gives him that shot because he needed a title shot and he wanted to fight the toughest guy that was available. And now the same thing happened here. He wanted to fight the toughest guy that was available, which so happens to be a beast of a prospect in Sean Brady, you know. And so now he's just he he's lost two in a row. They're probably going to feed him to some absolute monster next, and that's just that's the tough reality. The business, the tough reality of the UFC. What do I think should happen? I think he should probably take a step back. Fight a lower ranked guy, somebody on the bottom half of the top fifteen. What will probably happen is he'll probably fight a beast or a prospect. Fight D Rod. Yeah, I mean, well, you hear what's going on with D Rod? No, I don't. What is it? What's uh, he, I guess he, he was informed that um, I guess he talked to the doctor and I guess there's something wrong with like his hands.
1: Oh, he's either gonna
0: have to go ahead and get surgery and be out for quite a while, or he's gonna have to stop striking as much. I guess his hands are really fucked up.
1: Yeah,
0: that sucks. Yeah, so, that sucks, but yeah, so as far as him fighting D-Rod's exact, D-Rod exactly, that probably won't happen, but at least in regards to him fighting a prospect, I would virtually guarantee that's gonna happen next. Which is just unfortunate. But, yeah, I mean, dude, it's just, it's, uh, it sucks. Overall, I feel, I feel pretty much the same. I feel about, uh, same way coming out about Sean Berg. If anything, I feel better because adversity he had to fight through showed his character a lot, and also, I remember, he had, he got like a really bad infection in like his leg, and he lost his foot, like somewhat recently. So, it's not like, and it's also his first fight in a long time, so on and so forth, so, I think a lot of people were pretty, pretty harsh on him coming out of it. Um and he didn't even move up to, the rankers saw it the same way, they didn't even move him up into KS's spot, he's ranked number 8 now, so, they, tr- they really did not rate him that highly, coming off of that one. But, regardless dude, uh, looking down the card, what are some of these fights? A.K.A. What are some of the decisions you want to talk about?
1: We mean, Josh. There was one finish on this card.
0: There was one finish. Let's go. I, let's just hit that one. Talia Santos. And now Joanne Wood. Joanne, you know, it's, you know, that's so funny to me. Joanne Wood, normally known as Joanne Calderwood. At first, I thought she was shortened the name. No, nope. she married a guy with the last name of Wood. Isn't that fucking?
1: <laughs> yep. She skipped her money. Yeah, she. I think she skipped the honeymoon for this, right? I believe so. She said she was going to do the honeymoon after getting the nice win, which that got spoiled real badly. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this. Do you think Talia Santos, I, after her last couple fights, you saw her dominate Montefiore on the mat. You saw her knockout, pretty much knockout Joanne, excuse me, Joanne Wood on the feet, and then she ended up getting the submission pretty much, but she beat her down on the feet. Do you think she's now ranked number five? She's 19-1. Do you think she might be able to pose some sort of issue the Valentina Shevchenko. I mean... At all.
1: I think she... At this point, I say this about every fighter, every time she goes... I think, actually, she might actually give her the best competition. Mm-hmm. At this point. Out of all these girls. Uh, you know? And theoretically, she could be 20-0. She had that split decision loss a while ago. I don't remember how it went off the top of my head, but... That's also a thing to think about. And... I don't know. I'd just be curious. I'm curious to see how it is. You know, she's one of those girls I've always kept my eye on. Don't really bring her up a lot. But it's looking like her time... But for some reason, I feel like... It's going to sound weird, Josh. I feel like they're going to make her fight one more fucking time for some reason.
0: I think they're probably going to as well. Um, and that's really... I don't think it's anything they have against her. I think it's probably just because they're going to... They're waiting to see what happens with Nunez. And if Nunez beats um, Juliana Pena, they're going to go ahead and do that Nunez-Shavchenko trilogy. I think that's probably why. Yeah. But is super active. And, like... Like, really, really active, dude. Like, she almost has... Wrong, like, doesn't she it feel like not that year. long ago?
1: That... She, say that again? She fights twice a year, dude. Like, for a yeah. while now, she's fought twice a year.
0: Yeah, but that's kind of not exactly indicative of everything, just because of COVID and everything. I mean, if you look back across her career, i right? I was saying there's a negative thing. I was saying she fought yeah. twice a year. That's pretty active for some people in the UFC. For champions, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She fit, somehow fit in two fights in covid Fit in two fights in 2021. She fought three times within a year, from 2018 to 2019. So, you know, yeah, she's relatively active. Um, yeah, I th- but no, notice how she doesn't have a single fight announcement. I think they're really just banking on Nunez winning so they can finally do that trilogy. And, I, like, I've held this opinion for a while now. They're going to regret that because that fight's going to suck. <laughs> you think so? Dude, the first fight was fun, but... How long has it been since that uh, second fight? uh five years oh dude it has to be better no fucking way i don't know dude i really think people are going to be disappointed five years that, you're
1: telling me that it's dude that not second be fight
0: better. was so bad it was so bad well, dude, it couldn't be worse than Dario lewis and ghana <laughs> well yeah there's no worst fight of all time i think there's a whole lot that can like <laughs> like the, that's that's a really bad standard to use for, for like bad fights that's hey, like we're talking about up.
1: bad fights i'm not gonna bring up the worst one ever
0: all right, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's uh. It's, no, I'm just kidding. Damn, dude, fuck. Um, it's it's gonna be a rough one of these. I put that together, but yeah, I I think Talia DeSantos, If they don't do that, she should get a title shot. She's looked dominant in every other fight outside of that first one in the UFC. Every other fight, she's looked dominant. Um, she beat the piss out of Roxanne. She finished she's joining, soon. I know, which is a shame. Badge, it you makes know? sense. Though. Congrats on a great career, Roxy. Friend of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh. I mean, other fights on the card, Ronnie Ayaya defeating Kung Ho Kang. You texted me about that. Do you think, Ronnie, you lost that fight? No, I heard someone talking
1: about it, and I had missed some of the rounds, and I texted because I was like, "I'm Josh is watching it, so I'm sure he'll be able to uh, give me a good uh, input on it.
0: Yeah, and then I just texted back, no. Like, I, I, I didn't see any controversy with that one. I just... Uh, I was surprised somebody would have thought that. Well,
1: apparently, like, yeah. I, I, like I told you, I missed some of the fight, and I heard that uh, on the feed it was looking bad for him, and he had gotten touched a fair bit. So I don't know if there was like maybe a ten eight rounder there or something. He, he, so that's he why I texted you
0: at one point, but he ended up getting—he was—he was fine. It was only one real moment that was kind of scary.
1: Yeah, so that's why I texted you because I, I was like, I heard some people. I wrestled something on Twitter where they something. I just had to call. I decided to text you because I didn't know what was going on fully at the time. So I'm like, here, I'll get Josh's input real quick.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um but yeah, dude. Also on the card, Adrian Yane is picking up a nice win over David Grant. Um split decision. Really, really weird split decision, too. Thought it was a pretty clear twenty nine, twenty eight, but regardless, it was still probably the best fight of the card. Banger. Um Hafa Garcia picket to win. Uh Lapita Godinez, absolute boss. Uh after round one, I believe, she's in the corner and her fight against Loma Looking B, and she looks to her coach and be like, I don't think I can fight next week, guys. I'm like <laughs> No. She's she, she's a G, though. Love love uh, Lupina Godinez. Uh, Cody Durden picking up a nice win, attracting a lot of fans, a lot of hate as well. Um, I don't think we're going to dive into the whole controversy because I really don't care about what Cody Durden says. Um, yeah, I mean, that's essentially it. I mean, he was he a was guy that was on the, the chopping block had he would have lost his fight, and I thought he did lose that fight anyway, so well, cool, no so, uh, Yeah, I thought, I thought he did. I thought it was a play career 29-28. Um, but at the end of the day, it is it is what it is. Yeah, this card sucked. I mean, I, I'm you know me. I'm a bit of a. I'm kind of an MMA hipster. I watch almost everything. The Fury FC card that I watched the night after was substantially better. Like, <laughs> really? Um, yeah, and it wasn't even close. This this card really. I had sucked. a lot
1: of fun watching One Championship as well.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have fun watching. I'm almost any other card recently. This is this is probably my least favorite card and uh in in MMA history. At least for right now. There's been yeah, worse ones. There's been worse ones. There's been worse ones, but ones that like stick out in the moment, like I'm thinking. Even like what's what's another bad one? Verdum Verdoom Tybor from a couple of years back on FS one. For- that was terrible. But I don't know, man. Like this was really, really bad. Anyways, um moving on though. To stuff that will not be bad, Angel, it is time for the courtside sound off, fantasy, fantasy, bantamweight, you MMA. you
1: there a bit, buddy. You get I, it? I know. I did,
0: dude. Oh, fuck, dude. I'm, I'm out of it. I'm out of it. I, I would even- say,
1: oh. I would say, did you have a shrug, but I could get canceled for that.
0: I'm gonna have to bleep out this entire part, bro. I'm gonna have to bleep out the entire part. We 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 don't, don't want to talk about the cancellations on the show. <laughs> we don't want we don't want to draw any attention to ourselves. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and do the fantasy MMA bantamweight draft. Um, obviously we did do this back in May for the vacant lightweight title. This week there's not a whole lot going on, so this this seems like a fun little topic that we can go ahead and do. Um. And also since Bantamweight, it's kind of been it's a hot division right now, my guy. I mean, obviously we got uh, Rob Font, Jose Aldo going on next weekend. A couple of weeks back we had an interim title fight. It's honestly, I mean, for my money, I think right now probably the best division in the UFC. It should look top to bottom. I mean, fuck, dude, we just saw Adrian Yanez, David Grant, who were not even ranked guys, not even in the top fifteen, not even probably in the top twenty five, put on an absolute banger. Like, it's a, it's a phenomenal division right now. And I feel like it just made all the sense of the rule for us to go ahead and do bantamweight. So, Angel, I believe last time I had the first overall pick, correct? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to be a nice guy. Well, we'll I feel like this is how
1: it should be because technically I lost. We couldn't do this shit like the NFL, the
0: NBA, and the NHL. The shittiest team goes first, right? Okay, yeah, fine. So the shittiest team, which will be yours, you can go ahead and go first.
1: Well, it's going to be the greatest team now, and I'm not going to have the first overall pick next time we do this.
0: No, no, you won't. Well, okay, well, I'm fine. Off.
1: I'm picking up. I'm picking up. We
0: got to let the fans determine this, as always, guys. Vote on Twitter and Instagram. I completely dominated the polls last time, which is bullshit. Uh, just so everybody as, knows. As did Trump against Sleepy Joe Biden. Use code chaos to chat. <laughs> well, you know, you're lucky, Josh. I
1: didn't have six nine in my pep rally to hug me up.
0: <laughs> okay, anyway, we got a bit off topic, but um.
1: Don't worry, it's, I'll have Kobe. It, it, I'm going to call Kobe. I'll have Kobe promoting my team this week. Just you it, fucking wait. And, wait, till and, see wait, you next time. wait till I see you next time.
0: Wait till I see you next time. Wait till I see you next time, Josh. You need to get closer. get closer. Get closer. Get closer. Use code CHAOS at at, at website not to be <laughs> not named because, because they don't pay me enough money. Because we're not sponsored. And <laughs> because it's we're not, not sponsored by them. And no hate, it's not as good as other options. You know, I had somebody hit me up. It is actually kind of a funny story to tell. I had somebody hit me up about like a previous sponsor that was on the show, and, um, they asked, like, why are you now, why are you now sponsored by Rogue Energy and whenever you used to be sponsored by Blank? And I was like, well, it's more recent, so it tastes better, you know? Like, it, they, they pay more, so. Did you, you know. have
1: another sponsor? I don't remember who that other sponsor I, was. I'll, Just I'll, I'll, to show how relevant they were to us.
0: Exactly, exactly. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Um, okay, yeah, okay. so. <laughs> okay. So, anyways. Um,
1: good, I'm curious now.
0: So, anyways, Angel, obviously your team sucked last time. You lost, got dominated. Same oh, like you're going to get dominated this week. Oh, dude, no. It's not but I'll go ahead and me. let you go first overall pick. Angel dude, you're, Ortega. You already Cruz heard me, pick. bro. Don't ask Steve.
1: You already heard me. I said Dom Cruz. Don't don't. Fuck oh, you said Dom me. Cruz? Off the bat. I'm starting off. Oh, high. I didn't
0: even hear you, dude. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. Taking that absolute scrub, Dominic Cruz, off the board. Obviously, former two-time UFC Bantamweight champion, former WC Bantamweight champion, Dominic Cruz holding a career record of 23-3 and three, and will be 23-4 and after today, whenever the polls are done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take my man, TJ the Snake Dillashaw. The 17 CEO
1: four, of, o- of EPO, no The surprise. CEO
0: of EPO, TJ Dillashaw, career record 17-4. and four. All right, former UFC bantamweight champion. All right, this man, if you look throughout his career, comes back to that scrub, Corey Sandhagen. This guy is just tremendous. One of the greatest of all time. Had it not been for that EPO somehow getting in his veins, we'd be all saying that he's the greatest bandwidth of all just time. Just magically so, got into him, didn't it? Just magically got in there. Okay? Uh, my man is totally not on the Sazul. Okay? Yeah, I'm going to go and take TJ, TJ Dillashaw, number one overall. Angel, I pass the baton back to you. What scrubber are you going to pick next?
1: Oh, what scrubber am I going to pick next? Dude, I'm going to pick one of the greatest ever compete in this in this division, Henan Barrow, who got his. Career sadly damaged by the CEO of EPO, TJ Dillashaw.
0: You know what? That's actually a very good pick. I'm not even gonna bullshit. That's a, that's a very good pick. I, I I normally talk bad about these guys just for fun, just to joke around. Henry Barra's is one of my all-time favorites. I'm gonna be honest. My band, like the bantamweight division. God, he shouldn't if, fight again. Should he? If you guys talk bad about Henan we're gonna have, we're gonna have some beef, dude. People say like, oh yeah, it was, he fell down because you saw it. No, it's because TJ juiced up. Gave him two life changing beatings. Like, if you guys have not watched that fight, first one was competitive up until like, the, the third round. Second one was like the most vicious beating. I, I love like a championship level, like two really good fighters in a long time. So, yeah. Good pick, though. Obviously, career record of 34 and 9. At one point, I think it was 33 and 1. So, that just shows you how how things kind of turn near the end of his career. Uh, but yeah, Henan Borough, former uh, interim champion, former Bantamwe champion. Good pick on Hill. I'll give you that one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Uriah Faber, former WEC Bantamweight champion, former King of the Cage Bantamweight champion, multiple-time UFC title Challenger, challenge, USC Hall of Famer, the California kid, Uriah Faber, now off the board, career record 35-11, and 11, retired maybe, I don't know. I hadn't I heard from Uriah in a long time. And now also st- putting his stamp on the game um, right now as a coach. So, yeah, Uriah Faber, one of the GOATs. I'm taking him second overall. Dude, I'm just going to fire these shots
1: out here, Josh. I'm picking the greatest combat athlete of all time, Henry Cejudo, former gold medalist, two-time champ. You know the vibes.
0: You know the vibes. I'm a little bit surprised you're picking Cejudo. I gotta be honest.
1: It's for the culture. It's for the culture. I really think it's one of those cultural picks because... I he, if uh, we had this conversation at one point, Josh, I mean, if we're talking about athletes, people who've competed in this sport, he does have probably the most impressive resume of all time. Uh, like on paper, put together with all his accolades across from wrestling, obviously the MMA and kind of what he did in that time. And, you know, beating my boy DJ, sadly, and, you know, following up with the uh, Sergio Pettis when Wilson Hayes finished, you know, finishing TJ on when he was on EPO putting out Marlon Moraes, which I picked against him in that fight, and then uh, also being Dominic Cruz. Obviously, he had been after a layoff, but still a fucking legend in that weight class. I mean, he took out some names and guys in there who were former champs, could have been champs and future champs <laughs> in some mm-hmm. way, who later became future champs. Talk
0: about Sergio Pettis. Of course, of course. Um, and, yeah, dude, I mean, look, I can't, I can't necessarily argue against Hudo, Obviously, 16-2, and two, lifetime. Uh, he didn't only fight a Bantamweight for a very sh- small portion of his career. Um, hey, you did me dirty on one of these, though, last time, because I, I already talked about this before, so I at least get to one of
1: these picks like this.
0: Okay, no, no, I'm not complaining about it, because if you're going to take Henry Cejudo, who fought at Bantamweight for a small portion of his career, I'm going to take the man who beat Henry Cejudo. I'm going to take Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, career record of 30-4, and four, fought for the UFC Bantamweight title, the greatest fighter of all time by my metric. Um, I'm going to go and take Demetrius Johnson off the board That's third my overall. That's my go. <laughs> he, he's pro- – I mean, look, I have him number two and number one. You can ask me depending on just how I'm feeling that day. Uh, yeah, DJ is one of the goats. I understand, like, since we're going by the metric of, like, I think even if DJ stayed at Bantamweight, right, he didn't go down to Flyweight. Did he just stay here? I still think he'd be in the conversation because even smoke. at – even at Bantamweight, he was still very, very good. People talk about, like, oh, yeah, he was he was bad at Bantamweight or whatever. That's not true at all. Demetrius, it's like a, an urban legend. Like, he was a title challenger at Bantamweight. And I think if had he stayed there, he still would have been good because he improved over time at Flyweight. too. people forgot. He, I think he had a split decision against Dodson the first time around. Similar case for Benavidez the first time around. He smashed those guys in rematches. So he got better over time. I think DJ stayed at Bantamweight. He'd be in the GOAT conversation. I'm going to go and pick him third overall, my guy. Who do you got up next?
1: You know, I'm picking someone who sadly didn't reach that goal in the UFC, was eclipsed by it. Picking Joseph Benavides, recently retired, amazing guy, amazing career. Picking jiu
0: Jitsu. jiu Jitsu, that's a good pick there, obviously. Um one of the rare guys. I mean, if you're talking like MMA, there's like a list of guys that never won a UFC title. And it's a, it's a like a long list. Um but a lot of those guys captured titles outside of the UFC. Benavidez didn't. He's one of those rare dudes. He did, he wasn't in strike force, obviously. He got close in the WC, but he never won the belt. You know, he's a lot like Cowboy in that attribute. He, you know, like, a lot of these guys we talk about, like, for example, Faber is put, put in that conversation. But at least Faber had, like, King of the Cage titles, WC titles, so on and so forth to fall back on. Joe Benavidez never had that. I, I will go inside with, side with you on that one. I think that's a damn fine pick. But it, since I mentioned WEC, I think it's only fair to pick the WC GOAT, Miguel Torres, Miguel Torres, forty-four and nine, long time bantamweight champion for the WEC. Uh, for my money, the, I mean, you can. There's a lot of fighters that are underrated historically, but I think Torres is is very much up there in terms of like all time underrated. Um, he defended the title four times. He beat Takeru Mizugaki. Um notably is like his last title defense. He's beaten a lot of dudes overall. He started his career thirty seven 37-1. He fell down in the, in the latter half of his career as he got older. But, yeah, dude, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Miguel Torres. Unfortunately, he never won a UFC title either. He got close. Had he beat DJ UFC 130, he would have got a title shot. I thought he won that fight Um all the way back in 2011. Had he won that, he would have fought Dominic Cruz. Fortunately, he didn't. So, but hey, I'm still going to go and take Miguel Torres, and he's now off the board. Angel, who do you got?
1: You know, I'm picking a, a long time commodity, a guy who never fought in the UFC but competed, has competed all his life outside of the UFC. Fought, did fight former UFC fighters, you know, competed in Dream, has competed pretty much all his career in one. I'm picking Bibiano Fernandez. Oh,
0: Bibiano Fernandez, 24 he's a, and he's 4. He's supposed to fight this year, man. He is, 24 and 4. I think probably the greatest fighter outside of the UFC presently. I mean he's in the conversation and you can argue all time as well. If he's 41, yeah, 40. he's he's a monster. Absolute monster, especially be doing at that doing it at that age and to still be champion in one and for my money like the one you know, the higher the higher you go with one, the worse it gets in terms of competition. Like Brandon Vera was champ for like 5 years, but <laughs> grand. And he I know I'd fight gr-
1: for a grand portion of that too.
0: Yeah, that's because of how bad the division was. <laughs> Um, I mean, I love a lot of those. I love Elaine Dagani, I love, you know, a boy Ruru, but the one heavyweight division is terrible. And the, like the higher up you go, the worse it gets. But those lower weight classes, dude, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, lightweight, they're, they got a bunch of bangers in them. And the fact that Bibiano Fernandez has been champion for so long there, just it's a pure testament to his character and how good he is. So yeah, I, I like that pick, dude. Nice outside pick. But, uh, you know, I think it's only fair if we're going to go ahead and take him. I'm gonna go and take No Mercy. Piotr Jan, sixteen and two, soon to be two time UFC Bantamweight champion. Currently just beat uh Corey Sandhagen a couple of weeks back, my guy. So, there we go. Peter Jan now off the board, current intern champion, and maybe the guy that pushed me over the hump for a lot. I'm sure a lot of you listeners are like, Oh, this sounds pretty even. But now you got Piotr Jan, yeah, it kinda kinda makes it a lot more difficult. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, Josh, I see you're bringing the heat, so I need to respond back with someone who I think once he's retired, I think, and he's still going to be fighting for a long time, but right now, you know, he, he I feel like he fully doesn't get the love he deserves, but he will soon if, if, if things start going in the right direction here soon enough. I'm picking Kyoji Horaguchi, Josh, 29-3, 30, currently 31 years young. Compete against some of the best at a very young age. Obviously, the UFC. Now fighting in Bellator, making his, I guess, technically promotional debut, right? Because he did fight in it before. Former Horizon competitor. I mean, at a very young age, this man fought Demetrius Johnson. He was fighting some of the best. He was a young stud, man. And he's still doing it now. And now he's going to get a shot in Bellator. And he'll be able to show the world how truly great he is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know what, dude? That's that's fair. Uh Gucci, obviously, he was he was somebody I was actually had it's kind of like an outside pick. I respect that. Um, I was twenty nine and three, like you mentioned, rising champion, uh Bellator champion. He yeah, got close to capturing the UFC title, not necessarily, but you know, had been a bit of bank win. maybe a different salary, but unfortunately, he ran into the goat. So it happens. Um, yeah, dude, that's a nice pick. Nice pick. And so I am deciding that you're going to go and take Korguchi, who Actually actually was going to be my next up. I think I'm going to pick the bane of your existence. I'm going to go and take Aljermaine Sterling, the current UFC bantamweight champion, 20-3. Um, he's he's really a victim of the moment, which I've always said. If you look throughout his career, Aljermaine Sterling has some incredible, incredible wins, dude. Um, obviously, he's 23, current champion. But even prior to that, Sandhagen, Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera, Cody Stamon, Henan Burau, Takeya Mizugaki. Like, he's beaten some absolute beasts. And it's, uh, it's a shame what, what's happening with him right now, just a lot of the, the hate he's getting. But I'm going to go ahead and take Aljamain Sterling, dude.
1: All right, that's a solid pick there. I dig it. I respect it. Um, You know, I, I really need to throw him back here, Josh. And I'm going to pick someone here who beat Aljamain Sterling. Someone who actually Ooh. finished Aljamain Sterling. Someone who... Has recently had kind of a downfall, but prior to their their downfall, man, they had beating guys like Rafael Cincao, Jimmy Rivera, John Dodson, Josh Hill. I mean, there's there's more guys. I'm picking Marlon Moraes. Mmm.
0: That's a good pick there. That's a good pick. Former uh, World Series of Fighting champion, like you mentioned, his downfall has been really tragic. Um, and just just to make sure I'm kind of correct, That's your sixth pick. Six, excuse me, sixth pick, correct? Yes, sir, yes, sir. Okay. Just make sure I'm on track. Okay, yeah, that's a nice pick. Especially as as we go on, a lot of these guys are gonna kinda fall back more. There's gonna be less availability. So that's a nice pick. They former World Series of Fighting Champion. One of the most entertaining bantamweights, I think, of the modern era. I think he's never been in a bad fight. So that's a nice pick there. I see that. And uh, you know, we're talking about guys that um outside of the UFC that I feel like he never really – he did fight in the UFC, but I feel like he never really got his due. And I think a lot of that comes down to how quickly he fell. But I'm going to go and take Brian Bowles, 10-3. and three. The record doesn't really say enough. Um, former WEC champion, he knocked out Miguel, Miguel Torres. He beat Taguea Mizugaki. He fought Uriah Faber in the Had he won that, he would have fought for the bantamweight title. Ultimately, it was his own personal demons that led him to getting released to the UFC and kind of being lost to history. But for a brief period of time, Brian Bowles was the greatest bandwagon on the planet. I'm gonna go and take Brian Bowles with my sixth pick.
1: You know, I'm, I'm torn with my last pick here, man, because there's a number of guys who competed in this division who are fucking amazing, you know. And and now we're I find myself in this weird spot because I'm kind of like you know I'm I'm coming down to these guys who. Haven't achieved the titles, but you—they're you, they're stables of the division. They've competed a long time, and you know I, I need to—I need to give this guy recruited his due. You know I need to give him a shot because this guy actually has a win over TJ Dillashaw, and it's Rafael Sensal, Josh. You got to put some mm. respect on the man's name.
0: Yeah, he was in my con—like conver- in the in my on my list of guys to potentially hit. Had you not taken him, I was probably gonna do it. But since you're going to take the guy who did beat TJ Dillashaw, albeit via pretty bad decision in brazil um same yeah so i i'm I'm gonna go ahead and follow that up by taking with the last pick uh what's what's the thing they call it in the um the nfl mr irrelevant the last pick former ufc bantamweight champion cody no love garbrandt you know what's funny that was gonna be my pick but i was like nah yeah, well I'm I'm gonna go ahead and do it, dude. Uh Cody no love, I uh, actually I talked about it on pre call, he's the guy that I'm not very high on, but I've left him out there just because I, I understand that like his his collapse has been very unfortunate, it's been very fast, and very sudden. But at the same time, if you were to ask me like who like four like you are like Sacchary Bantam was just on certain fights, I'm like, I don't know if there's a single man that beats Cody Garbrandt on the night of UC two oh seven. I don't care who he fights. That was one of the greatest performances of all time. But even then, you know, he's got other nice wins. Uh outside of Dominic Cruz, obviously a son like you just mentioned. Take is a gawk. He was a good win. Thomas Almeida was a good win. Uh Marcus Brimage was a good win. Um you know, he's beaten a lot of good dudes. So yeah, dude, I'm gonna go and take Cody no love with my last pick. And uh, yeah, so that con- that concludes the draft, Angel. So I'm sure you feel pretty bad now. Just you know, I'm sure you're you're just expecting to get absolutely wrecked on the polls as always. Yeah, um, man, I feel so confident,
1: man. I, I think I built a solid so, team. Just aside, I gotta teams.
0: ask, do you have anybody left on the board? Oh yeah, who is it?
1: Uh, who I didn't pick? Yeah. Oh, like on my thing. Oh, I still had Jimmy Rivera, John Lineker, and Mizugaki.
0: Mizugaki. I have uh, Joe Warren, former two division belt tour champion. And honestly, had if I could go back, I probably would have swapped out Warren for Bowles to kind of mm-hmm. have, like, one hipster pick. Because Joe Warren was, like, legitimately one of the greatest bantamweights on the planet for like from, like, 2009 to 2012. He was the two-weight champion in Bellator whenever that actually meant something. Because back mm-hmm. in the day, you know, Bellator, they had the tournaments. You had to go through the tournament in order to become the champion. And he had to do that. He did that, like, three times. He went through bantamweight and featherweight twice, I think. Um, his record's 15-8. and eight. That's just because he got really washed by the end of his career. And the other guy I had on the board was Eddie Wineland, the former WBC champ.
1: Eddie Wineland? That's so crazy. That guy was champ.
0: Not really. I mean, it was kind of – Well, now now knowing
1: him now, you know, not knowing him back then.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, so that kind of concludes it. We'll go and put the poll up um, Friday. We'll leave it up for probably a couple of days, and we'll come back and talk about it the following week. Uh, So, yeah. But, Angel, moving on, my guy. There There was some boxing that went ahead and happened. And there's honestly, it, it's kind of rare. This felt like a big one. It felt, like, super consequential. And for a lot of the time in boxing, we have, like, super mandatories. Like, oh, you know, is fighting this weekend against George Campos Lozano, anybody that cares. Um, I care. I mean, I'm going to watch it. But, like, in terms of, like, relevant, like, it's not super relevant. Outside of the fact that, that just is fighting. It's probably That's probably the best example to use. But, you know, we have all these stupid mandatories. There's a lot of bad fights in boxing. Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter felt big. Like, in, it's kind of rare to have that big fight feeling. But whenever there's a big fight feeling in Vegas, dude, there's nothing like it. And the end, Terrence Budcroft, one of the top pound-for-pound boxers on the planet, defeating Sean Porter, finishing him for the first time in his career. Obviously, Porter retired post-fight. Angel, my God, what are your first thoughts about the fight? And then also, how did you score going into the 10th round of We will get to later.
1: I mean, I still thought it was relatively close. I mean, I have the scorecards in front of me that the judges have. I mean, mm-hmm. I pretty much had it relatively the same. Maybe I'd maybe argue some rounds that I would have gave, but no controversy. I mean, I think the fight was going in a certain direction by the end of it, and it was going to be close on the card to an extent. But we knew, we knew. I felt like you knew who
0: was winning. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I personally had it. Uh, I know that two of the judges, if remember, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, two of the judges had it. Eighty six, eighty five, and then one of them had it something like eighty seven, eighty four, maybe. Correct. Yeah, so they had it all very, very close, and I believe those were all for Bud Crawford. I had it eighty six, eighty five, um, and dude, I saw some some footage that came out earlier today, and it was like them talking to him in the corner before the ninth round, and they're like, "Yeah, that. you're losing on the cards." He's like, "I'm losing," and he just kind of like gives like a kind of like a nonchalant look, like, "All right, here we go." And then round nine, which is such a turning point, he put it on him, didn't get a knockdown. Then round 10 comes out in the opening seconds, puts him down. He gets up, and then he puts him down again 30 seconds later. And then Kenny Porter, Sean Porter's dad, steps up, throws him the towel. Um, what, what, What were your thoughts on the stoppage, man? And a lot of people were very pissed off about it.
1: He, I mean, you know something? I mean, that's his family, right? That's always going to play a factor into it. Maybe he would have done it soon. It might have not been soon if it wasn't family. But maybe he saw something that we didn't that he knew meant he's not in this fight anymore. You know what I mean? Even though it was close on the cards, maybe he felt like there, there's something there. You know, uh, there's no one who knows you better than your family, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. And at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. But, uh,. You know, retirement came afterwards. It was a bit sad to see him go because he was a staple in this division, a really fun guy. And, uh, you know, uh, it was a great bout, a hell of a statement for Bud Crawford. I mean, he, like I said, he's going to have to come he's gonna come out here and have to make a statement, and he fucking did, man.
0: Mm. Yeah, fair enough, dude. I thought it was honestly an okay stoppage. In the moment, I didn't. I was unhappy about it because, dude, you cannot tell me the visual of Sean Porter getting knocked down and, like, punching the canvas. I'm like, holy shit, this is some Rocky shit right now. Like, and I got a little bit caught up in the moment. I'm like, oh, man, Sean Porter, he's a – dude, he's he's about as close as you can get. He's a dog, straight-up dog, and he's – I knew I was like, oh, man, he's going he's gonna to fight to the end, about to get an all-time finish here. And then his dad steps up and waves it off, and I was like, fuck. But after thinking about it – Josh is like, if I
1: was in the corner, I would have been Teddy fucking Atlas. He would have came back, and I would have been like, we are firemen.
0: We are firemen. Like, he put fires out. <laughs> I got to admit, I, I've watched that clip way too many yeah, times. fucking yeah, comedy, dude. Complete comedy. But, yeah, I mean, in the moment, I was kind of a little upset, and then I thought about it a little bit more. I took the emotions out. I'm like, dude, Terrence Crawford put him down twice in a minute, and there was a lot of time left in that round. And Crawford's one of the best finishers in the game. Um, he got himself he – he let himself get into the brawl a little bit, which led to him losing a couple of rounds. But fuck it. I, but, like, round 8, 9, 10, dude, he turned it on. He was just like, all right, I'm not losing tonight. Like, he, like that's the stuff legends are made of. Like, that kind of just flipping the switch. He's like, all right, I'm not fucking losing tonight. Like, after round 9, where his coach told him he was down, and then he gets to finish in round 10, it did not matter if he was going to get up again. He was probably going to get sent right back down. So, yeah, in, in hindsight, I'm kind of cool with the stoppage. Ah, right, Josh. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you want to I know. People die. Well, I don't want to see people die, but I mean that was a very close fight. Josh, very, I know. I mean, I know Josh. I mean, I know it's probably never die,
1: but Jesus, have some. Stairs. I mean,
0: <laughs> all I know, it was a very, very close <laughs> fight, and you know, in the moment, I thought that he didn't look that hurt. It looked like he was kind of just got hit by one shot. He was off balance. He's kind of crouching down, and he like slammed his. He had enough wherewithal to actually like realize, damn, I fucked up. Like he he had that worth. Like he seemed mentally there, but at the same time. If I take the emotions out of it, if I, it's more about the stoppages and more about what was going to come rather than what actually already had previously happened. So if you look at it through that lens, you know, it's all right. It's all right. Um, moving forward, there's nothing else to say about this outside of the fact that it has to be Errol Spence next. Have you seen the clip of Errol Spence seeing the knockout and then immediately running out, though? Yeah, he's like, fucking get out of here before he calls me out. Just. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was weird. I thought that was very, very weird. But obviously, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly everything that went on there. So, you know, we'll we'll hopefully see that one next. I know that he is going to be leaving Top Rank because he just completely Bob Arum hates him because Bob Arum says he's been losing money on him, and he's like, you haven't done anything to make me into a star, and so on and so forth. This fight really didn't make much money either. It only made about one hundred ninety. Excuse me, it made. 190,000 pay-per-view buys, and I've actually saw another report earlier today that it might actually be, like, more, more like 150, so, yeah, Bud really needs to turn into a star sooner rather than later if they want to make that. I mean, that shit,
1: if you're selling pay-per-views, though, that's still, like, a couple of million bucks, so.
0: That's true, that's true. Uh, boxing, it, outside of Canel, dude, they're in, they're in a hurting for stars, outside of, obviously, the GOAT Jake Paul who fights, and. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the GOAT Jake, Jake Paul and, you know, Fury, and that's probably it, <laughs>
0: Yeah, but even Fury, I think they did about six hundred thousand, which is less than what the u s c did this past weekend. So still a lot of money though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um but yeah, dude. Moving on, this is gonna be the last topic of the show unless there's anything I'm forgetting, which is absolutely possible. I mean Dan Hooker made forty five. <laughs> That's our big news that Dan Hooker's gonna kill himself and go down to one hundred forty five again. I mean he did a test weight cut, so he must have done something different this time. Fair enough. I did see that he did make the, the weight cut. Isn't that going to be a little bit weird? I don't think, like, his issue is that he's, he's like, small at 155. I think that's a really weird decision. I, like, I've, he,
1: I've always thought he's one of those guys that should have always gone up.
0: Yeah, I mean, he – and also, at Featherweight, he's been – he was not very good at all. I mean, he hate to be that guy, but, like – He got he, finished at Featherweight. Yeah, the guys, he lost to Jason he? Knight. He lost to Yair, Maximo Blanco. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. <laughs>
1: it's just... right, he did better at 155 than he did at 145, right? Yeah, he
0: did much better. I mean, outside of this, this four-fight stretch, he lost to Pore in an absolute war. Very close fight. He got knocked out by Chandler. It happens. Got caught once. It happens. Beats nasr hak Very good win. And then he lost to Islam at super short notice. It is what it is. I don't understand why he's, uh...
1: He's like, fuck it. I'm chopping off my leg to make 45 down. I'm tired of these 155ers hurting my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But you he know what great. I mean. It It is a weird, like, change-up, you know? Like, it's like, why? You know, it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's definitely, uh, it's a weird decision for him to make, honestly. I just do not agree with it. I don't understand guys like that, because he looks huge at 155, so why are you going to make... Anyways, anyways, besides the point, I um, this is not really much of a preview for this final topic, but it's more just like a discussion, Um, and it kind of like gauging the interest level. Because if I had not been following this story very closely, I would have completely forgot it was happening this weekend. Uh, nonetheless, Triller Triad Combat, completely ripping off my Five 5000's idea, uh, they're going to go ahead and stage fights inside a triangle cage. But it's not going to be MMA or bare knuckle. It's going to be boxing with mixed rules on pay-per-view at the Globalized Stadium in Houston, Metallica is going to be opening in the card for some reason because they've yet to realize nobody fucking wants music involved with boxing. Um, in the main event, Frank Mir versus Kugrat Pulev. Mike Perry is going to be fighting. He's supposed to fight Saki Yabaka, who's actually a very, very good boxer. Had to pull out. And he's fighting Michael Seals at 175. And also Alexander Flores, who is mostly known for being that guy that took a duck against Luis Ortiz, uh, is going to be fighting Matt Mitrione in the co-main. These are weird rounds, main event, nine rounds, everything else, seven. Um, Yeah, weird. So, yeah, there's not a whole lot of preview here. I mean, I'll ask for your thoughts on the fights themselves in a minute, but do you have quite literally any interest whatsoever in this event this weekend?
1: Yeah, we'll see how, like, the rules and everything work. I'm going to see the strategy going into it. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Would you be interested? is Is this a card that you go to your local Buffalo Wild Wings tour? Uh,
1: yeah, oh. fuck yeah. Okay, alright, fair enough, fair enough. How much does it um, cost, just out of curiosity?
0: You know, I have no idea, I, I don't, uh, for whatever reason, it's probably because I shit talked the last event, which, understandably so, but tr- I'm no longer on Triller's mailing list, so I don't, <laughs> yeah, they probably, uh, They're they probably did not it, like the preview we did at It was, the it's 20 to. bucks,
1: I'd spend 20 bucks on it.
0: Really? It's, it's that little? Yeah, okay. it's only
1: 20 bucks. Stand alone. Okay, that's not, yeah, that's, that's respectable. Not. You know something? That's actually very respectable. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're if you're if you were, you know, another guy, you know, another homie, you no know, nothing nothing weird. You know, there's no wrong thing with being with another guy. Just just to make it clear. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? You know you yeah. split it you split it to waste ten bucks each just to watch this kind of interesting thing, maybe see some guys get knocked out? Uh I mean, that seems pretty legit to me. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, that's fair. You know what that's better than? Um did you hear about what's um, going to be a pay-per-view boxing match on January 1st? you know what it is? What is it? For $40, you can watch Luis Ortiz against King Charles Martin at an IBF title eliminator. It's a title eliminator there, Josh. <laughs> I know, right? I'm such a, such a dumbass completely. God, uh, but that's – uh, I prefer to spend $20 on this than $40 on that. So from that metric – Oh, I agree. I agree. From that metric, it kind of works out. Um, And the metric of I i don't want to spend any money, you know, that's that's more than likely what I'm going to do here. I'm going to go to my local Buffalo, Buffalo Wild Wings for this one. I'm um, be down to
1: buy this one. They can get my money.
0: Yeah. So conflicting opinion on that one. But as far as, far as the fights themselves, you know – what do you think of the main event, dude? It's a weird one. Frank Mir obviously lost to Steve Cunningham in a boxing match. I actually thought he did, uh, he showed a great account of himself in that one. Um, Steve Cunningham's older. He's smaller, but still, former champion, knocked knocked down Tyson Fury, very good guy. Taking on Kubrat Pulev, who's literally only one fight removed from fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world. So, that's what uh, confuses me. Yeah, so let me just what what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Anything, I'm more confused why Pulev took this, and this isn't like a. Like a Badu Jack, you know what I mean? Which I know that's weird to say, because also Badu Jack hasn't been far from a big fight, but you know what I mean, right?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know what actually I thought about the other day? Badu Jack has been a part of, like, every single circus fight for the last few years. He's not, like, a part of it in the terms of, like, he's fighting, but he was, uh I think he opened up the card of McGregor Mayweather, He fought on the undercard of Roy and Mike, and then he also fought on the undercard of Floyd versus Logan. Bobby Jack has been everywhere, bro. Shout out. Shout out to him. I'm sure he's collecting the bag for it, but damn, it's kind of weird when you think about a guy who's probably doing that. But yeah, this is a weird matchup. I agree with you. I don't understand why Kubat-Pulev is taking this one. I thought at first they were going to do some older guy against Frank Mir or Vitor or something, but... This is the result we're getting. So, uh, obviously, the rules are that um, it's, it's essentially a standard boxing match. But here's the big kicker you can clinch. It almost you sounds can do like you You know
1: what it almost sounds like, Josh? It almost sounds like BKFC, but you can actually throw
0: spinning strikes in this. Like, you can throw a spinning backfist and stuff. Pretty much. It's BKFC with gloves. The BKFC rule set of you can fight in the clinch, uh, you can grab, you can grab, you can. But there is spinning strikes, though. That's there's also so. spinning shit. Which we're huge fans of spinning, spinning shit on the show.
1: But, but let's be real: who's really going to do a fucking back spinning back fist in of party? the guys
0: in the card? Mike Perry, probably.
1: Do You think so? Who do you think? Let's call it right now.
0: If I have to look throughout the card, it's either going to be it's either going to be Mike Perry or Albert hmm. You I, know what? I fucking feel so bad for Albert Tumanov that he has to do this. Fuck it, man. Sometimes you need money. I know, but like he got he got cut from the UFC when he really shouldn't have. I mean, he lost to Gunnar Nelson and Leon Edwards back to back, but prior to that he was on a six fight win streak. He has to go to A C B. And he's been trying so hard to get back into the UFC, and they're just like, nah, man, we're good.
1: And now he's an ACA and they just he's like, I'm just not getting paid enough. I mean he's a title holder right there. He, he is a champ. Just fought for the title there. He just
0: his resume, that it's honestly insane, dude. He's got Lorenz Larkin, Alan Jabon. How is he not in Bellator? I'm surprised he's no not Sean or
1: PFL.
0: Know. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And he apparently, them? he's he's tried really hard to go back to the UFC, and they just told him no. Yeah, it's weird because he's part of
1: it's weird because he's, yeah. Amer- he's part of that American Top Team, you know. So it's like ATT, like perfect connection, you know. But yeah, it's uh, just
0: not it's it. kind of it's kind of messed up. But yeah. So, anyways, probably him or Mike Perry is going to throw some spinning shit. If I if I had to bet on it, <laughs> if you could find a prop bet out there, it's going to be one of those two guys. I didn't know Derek Campos is on this. Wow. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be fuck, man. Do you think this? Do you think those will be their one and only triad card, or do you think they'll be? One? I, nope.
0: I'm, you know what, dude. After the last show, I really don't know how Triller is still a viable money making operation. In fact, I'm, I'm willing to bet it's not. Because I saw, I just saw, Franklin by the, right. By now, the way,
1: I just saw that they have another card scheduled for who's fighting. Uh, it's George Arias versus uh, Cassius Cheney. Michael Hunter's on this card, fighting Mark DeMori?
0: Mark DeMori? Where have I heard that name before. Uh, yes. I think he got... I think Mark DeMori's a guy... Remember when David Hay was coming, like, out of retirement, like, a couple of years back, and he was fighting some cans? I'm 99% sure Mark DeMori was one of those guys.
1: Uh, and, I mean, there's some other names, but I don't know any of these people.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So, I... I think it's probably be the last tried combat card, just because, like... But that's a regular
1: just... boxing card, just so you know.
0: Oh, okay, that makes sense. And before yeah, but... this, they
1: had a regular boxing card, too.
0: Yeah, I think if Trailer decides to do these, like, smaller, low-key fights, like the Michael Hunter one, I think we'll be okay. But they keep on doing these, this weird shit. Like, <laughs> if you want to have Fragmere fight Kubrat pulav that's okay, you know? Why you gotta put it in a cage, though? I, if anything, I prefer mixed rules in a boxing ring.
1: But it's not in a cage. This isn't a triangle
0: ring, is it? A triangle cage. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, it's a cage? It's actually a cage. What the fuck? That's why they're getting sued by Dada 5000 right now. Uh, Dada 5000, he has his own promotions, like the BYB, I think. It's what's called Fighting Series. And um, he's suing them right now because he has the Trigon cage.
1: By the way, their press conference is today. It's at 1 p.m. CST. It just started like an hour ago, so we missed out on that.
0: What a shame. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude, I really – If I, okay, so do you think of the top three fights, Mike Perry versus oh, – what's his name? Michael Seals, I believe. Um, And then also, obviously, Mir against Pulev and Alexander Flores against Matt Metrion, Which of those, like if you had to wager, if you had to pick, if you had to put your life on it, which of those three fights did you feel most comfortable picking the MMA guy? <laughs> yeah, I know, it's rough. Uh
1: you know, I pick Mike Perry. Fuck it. That's my guy. I'm always gonna pick my guy.
0: Also he can you box mean.
1: too. He can actually throw hands. He can, but you know anything about Michael Seals? No, but I'm sure he's fucking a
0: killer too. He he is older, he's thirty nine. But uh this is like almost criminal matchmaking, I'm not gonna lie. He's because uh, at least uh Saki Obaka was actually really, really good, but he's like forty five. Uh, Michael Sues is thirty nine. He's twenty five and three, and he's actually fought at like a world title level. He literally just fought for a title last year. He fought either uh, Ildir Alvarez.
1: I hope Mike Perry really clenches in this and throws yeah. some spinning shit.
0: Yeah, this is borderline criminal matchmaking. Um, is it possible he could win? Maybe, but good lord, dude! You're he literally fought for a title. Last year, in January. Like, that's insane. I mean, anything can happen,
1: right? Anything can happen in this style. And, you know, like you said, you can clinch. Like, we'll, we'll have to see how these MMA guys react to that. Like, if they'll be smart. Because they're not going to be breaking the clinch, are they?
0: No, I don't think so. Unless it's, that's... like, egregiously you're doing nothing in the clinch.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I wonder if they'll be able to break the clinch. And I'm curious to see how these guys react to it. Because it be MMA gloves, essentially, right?
0: Uh, It's kickboxing gloves. Are oh, those a lot... Yeah, like they look kickboxing almost like gloves. Go- are you can just I'd say just Google kickboxing gloves. They're weird. I've never once used a kickboxing glove. Almost look like normal boxing gloves. I might, I might have. I might be drawing a blank here. Let me see. They're pretty much. They're
1: pretty much boxing gloves. Are smaller. They have a. They're weird. They're like yeah. They have like a weird. Fuck. I don't know. They yeah. They're just smaller essentially. I don't know. They're
0: they're they look weird. I've always thought the kickboxing gloves look weird.
1: I mean, they also look normal. I don't know. Fuck it. They, they, I'm sure it'll work.
0: Yeah, but so you're gonna go ahead and take take your boy Mike Perry, you know
1: I'll pick, I'm f- picking Mike Perry to the dawn of time. Say that again. I'll pick Mike Perry to the Don time.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, dude. Um, if I had to put my money on it, like if I go into my head, it's gonna it's very very close between Matt Mitrione and Alexander Flores and Mir and Pulev, just because it comes down to how they can handle the clinch if they're being honest to their word that you're allowed to clinch and pretty much do anything, I think Frank Meir has a very good chance. I'm going to go take Matt McJune, though, just because Alexander Flores literally took a dove in his last fight. Really? <laughs> like, he literally took a dive. I recommend looking up Alexander Flores versus Luis Ortiz. Yeah, he went down he, first. I hate to be that guy that says that, but, I mean, he's also a pretty – Matt McJune's not good, but Alexander Flores is the definition of a crusher. He's fought three good guys. Throughout his entire career, Ortiz, Parker, and then Charles Martin, he's got knocked out every single time. In Luis Ortiz fight, I honestly thought it looked like a dive, and I hate Matt Mitrione's
1: like, finally, dude, I got a chance.
0: Yeah, I I saw Matt Mitrione on um, what's an Errol Hawani show right now? I saw that somebody posted a clip of it, and he was talking shit about the Bellator. He's talking shit about Bellator. I'm like, bro, let you, they let you have a lot more leash than like. You know, a lot of places would, bro. You went like 0 and 6 to end your career there. Right? He was like, I fucking hate Belt. I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> I
1: fucking hate Belt. I'm sure Belt's fucking hate, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, at this point, right? I can't guess, dude. I decided to look up Alexander Flores versus Luis Ortiz, and I feel just as, feel just as good about my pick, dude. Matt Mitchell
1: That is a pretty solid pick.
0: Yeah, go ahead and look it up, Eddie. Just I just recommend it because it's uh it's one of the more egregious one. I will um, afterwards. I'll do I'll react to it off air. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's a weird card. I'm it's, picking my favorite
1: for the upset though. Just fucking wait, Josh. Right, fucking meow.
0: Right, right, fucking meow. Yeah. Um, he's an all right pick. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna go and take Matt and Mishio. It's
1: weird, dude. I just I need to see how it works. All I don't know. Because it seems like it's almost regular boxing, but it's like, are they going to let them clinch? Like, how effective are the spinning like backfists going to be? Like, are the guys going to react to it well? You know, with gloves, there's obviously more protection, so it's not going to be the same as if it would have been like an MMA type glove. Like, like, this is all shit I'm curious about.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and I get that. And honestly, I I'm probably if I'm being completely honest here, even with the rule changes, I'm still probably going to take the boxing guys to sweep. I'm being completely honest. I think the only one that might be able to do it is uh, Scott Sigmund. Is a guy that's, uh his record thirty-five and 50, excuse me thirty-six and fifteen. He actually fought Roy Jones in his last fight and got completely bodied by like a forty-eight-year-old Roy Jones. Uh, um, so yeah, maybe him, possibly. Uh, I, I don't know though. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's such a weird card. So I. If like I said, of the top options, I'd probably pick Matt Mitrione. What about the possibly. what about our
1: boy uh, Stephen Graham and Harry down here, dude? I know they're like not like known guys, but Stephen Graham, he's at a KCBGJ, which funny enough is like down the street from where I live. Uh, he's ten and three in MMA or ten and five in MMA. My bad. He's thirty years young. He's fighting this guy named Harry, who is twenty six and is eight and three in boxing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know anything about these guys, aside of the fact that fights out of you know KC. So shout out a hometown boy. I take it back. If that guy's gonna win.
1: There you go.
0: He's our pick. <laughs> Stephen Graham, we got to
1: pick the hometown pick. Let's go champ.
0: Got to pick the boy hometown hometown kid. Let's go champ. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, as far as the show is there anything else we talk about before we close out, I don't know,
1: dude. I am gonna definitely watch that. I'm curious to see how it goes. I might drop the 20 bucks on it because it's just 20 bucks, dude. It's yeah. Lucky. The end all be all for me and i'll support him a bit you know I'll, I'll give some money at them so they could give me another good anderson Silva fight
0: fair enough man fair enough you know this is all the big lead into is rampage against shannon the cannon you know that right oh hand is gonna fight again apparently rampage is is look
1: well here's the thing you know it's it, weird i huh? know you say that i'm sorry to cut you off there but i'm surprised shannon hasn't been able to find himself onto any of these cards I wonder if there's a
0: medical reason. That's the only thing I can think of. That or he's asking for too much money? Yeah. You know what makes me so sad? So Shannon the Can, people forget this, he was gonna be the oldest heavyweight champion of all time. He had a title shot against Fres who who's almost as old as him. Not really, he's only like, he was like 40, I think, when the fight got announced. And Shannon was a huge favorite. And then he tested positive for TRT, and the fight got canceled. Oh wow, sad. He would have been. He would have. Been, I think uh, wasn't George forty five when he won? I think Shannon's forty seven.
1: You crazy though. Shannon hasn't fought since twenty sixteen. I don't know if it's a good idea for Shannon to fight, and he's about to turn fifty this
0: month. I know. Opinion. I know. Well, hey, if he's only fighting Rampage, it shouldn't be a big deal.
1: Oh but, no. I mean, if he's fighting in Japan or China, I mean, fuck it. I mean, he can use whatever he wants.
0: Apparently, the thing is, is that so I actually found this out this week. Apparently, it's team captains. Rampage is a team captain for MMA. And uh, Shane is the team captain for boxing.
1: Wait, so they're gonna train him?
0: I guess they're gonna be at the event. And I looked up the press conference right now just to like see if I could find some like footage of like some them squaring off or anything. And I guess they're, it's just from what I can tell, it's sixty minutes of Shane and Briggs and, and Rampage Jack and talking shit at each other. That that's kind of comedy though. I I live for that. I wish we were there now. Nah. Well, I follow them on Instagram, and that's all they do is talk shit at one another. Rampage looks so small next to Shane though. Rampage or... Handpage is small right now? Handpage not, like, small. Like, in terms of... I mean, he does look like he's lost weight. He looks Good. more like 18, Handpage, You know what I mean? Remember eighteen, <laughs> eighteen, bro? God. Oh, you're right. He yeah. did lose some weight. He's still a little thick, though. He's still a little thick. He looks like he's getting in shape, though. That's Good the one freak show fight I'd actually watch, just because those are two of the funniest shit talkers in the game. Also, they're all both old. Yeah, they're both very old. Not, I, I think Rampage is only, like, 41, I think. Oh, I know he's not that old, but older. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a
1: bit on the older oh side. Oh, my God. By the way, I just clicked it. This is comedy. I might have to go back and listen to this.
0: Yeah, dude. Well, you know what also happened today? Else the was? um the Jake Paul Tommy Fury UK press conference. I
1: saw that. It was weird, though, because he was out in Puerto Rico, and they were, I'm assuming, in the UK. Obviously.
0: Well, that's what happened. I sent you the clip of the the first one. That's what it was the first time around, too. Oh, really? Whenever, yeah, because Tommy was in the UK, and then Jake was there in person in uh, in Miami.
1: Dang, Mike looks good. I just saw Mike. He looks in shape. Good. good. big. Good. looks big. Good. Big and lean. I don't know. He's always had a good uh, physique.
0: Yeah, I, that that press conference was so funny. You know, not watch that this morning. That guy is not fighting, right?
1: Hold up. No what guy? I just saw a guy there. Okay, okay, okay. He's not one of the fighters. My bad, my bad. We
0: were talking about him earlier.
1: No, he is fighting. No, it's – uh I can't think of his name. He's the one fighting the Russian –
0: what Russian? Oh, 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 you're talking about Scott Sigmund.
1: Yeah, Scott Sigmund. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, dude, I told you. He got he got destroyed by a 48-year-old Roy Jones. Like, I, I remember watching, because that was on UFC Fight Pass. For whatever reason, they had Roy Jones' last fight on UFC Scott Fight Scott Pass. Scott Sigmund he,
1: my neighbor, dude? He looks like my neighbor.
0: <laughs> he took, like,
1: all 12 rounds,
0: bro. Yo,
1: Scott Sigmund, bro. <laughs> Why don't dude, you ever say I, hi? I'm not even...
0: I'm not even. Wa- I don't have audio on, but this is the funniest thing I've ever seen, just by virtue of looking at it. You oh, have audio on. It's fucking comedy, dude. Dude, Shan is talking shit to Rampage. I see Frank Mir's getting in the middle of it. Good for Frank Mir, dude. This is the second straight bag he's getting from Schiller. Good for him. Chase the bag.
1: But he's been competitive, though, so I gotta give him credit. I hope he's competitive against Blue Lev.
0: Yeah, that Steve Cunningham fight, I actually thought it was relatively close. I didn't think he won, but I was like.
1: You know, oh no, he never going to win, but he was he was. He gave a
0: good account of himself, you know.
1: Yeah. So we just got. What the fuck is this captain shit? Are they going to fight? Definitely, these guys are definitely they have gonna fight. to fight, right? Yeah, they have to be fighting. That's going to do. That's only going to be. She, she, Shannon's finally going to get his payday, and they're going to have like a fucking another crazy car They're going to bring back. At him. Dude, you know what they're going to do? I bet you they're going to try to chase fucking Logan versus Anderson someone for their card for that. I kid you
0: not. I think that's possible. Um, I don't know if Logan would take it though. Because, yeah,
1: it, de- it depends about the money. It's all about the money. You know that's what it that's comes to. That's true. That's all it comes down to. If the money's not there, there's no point of them doing it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: we'll see. We'll see. I, I do legitimately want to see Rampage against
1: <laughs> That unless or unless they hit us with a bigger fuck you and they want Mike Tyson, Logan Paul on their card.
0: I actually don't think that one's a real thing. So the only I'm person that's taught, that reported it was Keem, and it's not really been talked about since. Dude, no,
1: someone else talked about it. I forgot which one was. I think Mike actually talked about it. Mm. I think Mike actually talked about it, and I think Logan partially talked about it. They oh, both God. have talked about it in some small capacity on their
0: own shows. Fair enough, fair enough. Isn't it just Kubrat Pulev looks so fed up with live during this entire thing?
1: He looks like fed up with life anytime you see him, except when he had that one interview. You know which one I'm talking about.
0: I prefer not to talk about that interview for the sake of legal reasons.
1: <laughs> yeah, but at least you know which one I was talking about.
0: Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I'm surprised you didn't square these guys off. It's a little bit surprising.
1: I don't know. Comedy, though. Comedy. Definitely got to go back and listen.
0: Yeah, I got to go back and watch that one. Anyways, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed that little watch-along we just did right now. That was not intentional, but...
1: I'm going to Definitely go back and watch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody, go ahead and go watch each other press conference. That's That seems hilarious. And also the Jake Paul one. That was very, very funny. Um... But, yeah, dude, as far as the show goes, is there anything else we we'll talk about before we close out? No,
1: man. I mean, it was it's a shorter week, a little smaller. Next week, we come back with a bang. Obviously, we'll have a... Well, I guess we won't necessarily have a preview or... Actually, we won't have a recap of anything, but maybe we'll talk about this shit show that happens this week. Uh, obviously, the outcome of Femo and Cambosa's and our opinions on that. And, uh obviously, we'll be able to preview the... What is it? The Aldo and Font, right? Yeah, correct. Right.
0: Yeah, Jose Aldo
1: and
0: Font. So... We'll,
1: we'll we'll be back.
0: For sure, for sure. And as far as this show goes, hope you guys enjoyed as nice. always. Feel free to go ahead and you know, subscribe, leave some feedback. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Josh Evanoff He's out, Angel Tega underscore O one Echo side Sound One for all things relating to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Take care.